everybody. My name is Tony Barnes. I'm a father, husband, realtor with Keller Williams Pinehurst, professional musician, ambassador for Military Foundation, Camp Resilient North Carolina, and corporate leader for Patriot Foundation. I've always been fascinated by people. Everyone I meet, I try to hear as much of their story in whatever brief moment in time we share. Even the most average-seeming human could have a captivating story. This show is about unlocking the stories of the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet and those whose names have positively influenced the communities they serve that maybe I haven't met yet, but can't wait to. This show is simply called More or Less with Tony Barnes. More is in Moore County, the beautiful southern North Carolina community that many of us call home. And because some of these stories need to be shared much more. Less, as in less serious, lighthearted conversations with one-of-a-kind humans about how they do more. Bro, number one, don't ever sing Journey because you can't ever (laughs) get up on the mic and own it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really get in there. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, karaoke's great. I, I I have it's weird. I've been a I've sang in front of people uh for many, many years and you get used to it like, you know, after a while, but for someone like you, like when I play an instrument, so if I'm without my instrument, I really like I'm scared. I don't know what to do. Like I'm not you know, I'm not that guy, you know. I, I feel comfortable with my guitar, you know. I just, it is. It's part of you, what you present. You, it's part of the whole thing. And plus, you control the music mm-hmm. versus a track, and mm. you know that's where where you and I talked about this in the beginning. Where I wasn't accustomed to singing to somebody playing live because mm-hmm. I was more used to the track and the beat, and and so when the first time we played, you know. There's sometimes I was a little off, or I was like, I don't know where to come in. Mm-hmm. Remember that? So yeah, 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 I do remember that. Yeah, I've learned. Yeah, no, exactly. It's uh, I feel like we've said many times, I don't know what to do with my hands when I don't have something to do with my hands. <laughs> and you end up grabbing the microphone. Yeah, because I, I still do that, right? And yeah. I don't even notice that. That's weird. That's because I'm. I didn't know I had a problem. I guess most people that have a problem don't know they have right, a problem. Right, that's <laughs> why. That's kind of the way it works. <laughs> yeah. So if you hear, you know. That it's that's, not on purpose. Why. Yeah, and maybe um, I was using that little cloth as the secondary um, cu- cup holder coaster. That's what it's called. Ah. So if you want to slide that over, looky loo. Yeah, looky who. What a, there we go. And then I have these gaskets that I need to cut out and put under these um, stands here, and hopefully that'll help with some of the table noise like this very nice exactly exactly like that really i need to get some sort of spring socks because that you're i'm looking it looks like i'm looking through but i'm actually looking at the mic arms yeah you know your your descriptive words are really amazing do you know that well, I try. I try and be descriptive. Spring about it. socks and gaskets. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've heard of a gasket as in in a car. I don't know where a gasket goes. I, hate, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm. Yeah, I'm not well, that see, guy. But these are actually plumbing gaskets. <laughs> okay. Well, so. see now you're making me look bad because I'm a realtor. Maybe I should know what a plumbing gasket is. I don't know. Maybe I not. mean, if if we want, if uh, since we're talking about it, it's basically these are like cut your own gaskets. So it's just a sheet of raw. It's like a what is that six by six sheet of rubber and you just cut out either a ring or in this case i'm just going to cut out a rectangle and put it under (laughs) these uh stand extenders there's another one vocabulary and geometry this morning yes very much so yeah this is what happens when you come in early and even pharmacology (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just kidding. Um, anyway, so maybe we should introduce our guests. I was this thinking morning. the same thing. Should we? Should I mean, we, do we that? can. Would you like to be introduced? Absolutely. Do you want to be the mysterious man in the background? Guess who? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, guess who the, is here today? Now, this is uh, Mr. Patrick McKee. We have him in the studio this morning. Uh, you know, thank you so much for coming, and we've had to move things around a little bit, and you've been very flexible. We appreciate yeah, thank that. You that. We have a we have a young one in the corner over there. This is a family show today. It is absolutely a family show today. Noted, noted. Yes. So well, no, no f bombs, Patrick. Yeah, <laughs> but you know me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Patrick is. Uh, I've known you for probably what eight, seven or eight years at least. Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did we meet maybe at the Jefferson Inn? Probably some, or was it O'Donnell's? Maybe even or. It could have been one of those two places. Um, I mean, I know I'm not the most important person in your life, so I don't well, expect you. You're to up there. You're top exactly. three, Tony. Well, top thank three. You. Man, that yeah. means a lot to me. I appreciate today. It. Today. <laughs> today. Okay. Well, in the last five minutes. Yes. Right. Because there's three of us here. One including yourself. So yeah. that would be. So I, I I'm myself. Third. I'm third. Three, yeah. three and a half. Yeah. yeah. Three, yeah three. three and a half. Oh, there right. are three and a half people here today. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, um, but yeah, we met a while ago uh, playing music, and uh, Patrick, you know, came up to me, and and I've always been you know some musicians don't you know really like to have people come up and stuff like that but i've never been that way and it's bitten me in the you know what a few times you know but for the most part i've been very fortunate for the people that i've like i'm playing at the jefferson and i'm taking a little break and you know unfortunately i'm known for taking a little bit of a long break but i I play (laughs) i play a long time a first set and i'm usually solo and then so i take a little longer break anyway uh many people like Whiskey Pines, Tim Stillmet of Whiskey Pines, uh, Will Dowd, uh, Reuben Kennedy, Patrick McKee. Like a lot of people have been like the Jefferson, hey, can I play a couple songs or whatever? Or, hey, can I sing, you know, and while you're playing? I'm like, I'm like, sure, you know, why not? You know, this is, it's all in good fun. So it's, it's bitten me in the butt one time or two. But uh, there's been many success stories, including Patrick McKee, who once he started singing, I almost wanted to quit singing <laughs> because no, the guy can no. sing his, you know what, off. No, Tony, it's funny. Uh, like the first time I went over to O'Donnell's and they had open mic and, and TJ Johnson was hosting the open mic and he was singing and, and then and then Pat O'Donnell got up and sang a song. It was you know late in the evening. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I'm like, well, if he can, then I'm going to go up and ask. So I'll go up to TJ and I say, hey, uh, can I, do you know how to play Drift Away by Dobie Gray? Mm-hmm. I'll sing that one. And you could just see the look in their eye because they're looking at me and then they're like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and TJ was like, I, I don't know it. I really don't know it that well. And so about 15 minutes later, he went outside. He was taking a break. I was talking to him a little bit more. And then Tim walked up mm-hmm. and, and TJ, you know, passed me off and said, Hey, Tim, do you know how to play uh, drift away? And Tim's like, yeah. <laughs> and so, and that's where we got up there. But you could see in their eyes all of a sudden like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. he can sing. Yep. Uh, and it's been a surprise to me that, you know, that I'm even doing this today because many years ago, I would not even consider stepping up in front of somebody, you know, a group of people, yet alone just a, a larger audience and, and sing a song. I just mm-hmm. would never have done that. And you're very, you're very good at not only singing. I mean, your voice is really good, but also you're, you've, you're good at, you know, not manipulating. That's a bad word, but, you know, being a performer. I mean, I've, I've seen many of the videos. I've been there in person. I mean, you know, you get the crowd going and. And that's that takes a talent, you know. I, I'm I was never quite. I've learned how to kind of be okay at that, you know. Um, but I'm not one to, uh, you know, as far as like shaking my rump. Not that you shake your rump. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, where do we go with this? Wait, what just happened? It's early. Sorry, yeah. my contact is just like way over in the left side of my eyeball. Uh, anyway, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it takes a real talent to do that, not only just sing. People don't really realize that, you know, when you're on stage and you're, you sort of have to try to be an entertainer, too, you know, at some point or some level. And uh, some people are better at that than others, but you you have a natural talent for that. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, but Patrick wasn't always a singer, like you just said, um, but he does. We'll, we'll kind of go in reverse here, or we'll start now maybe going back in, in your childhood. Tell us about the first day that you were born. Yes, it was traumatic. <laughs> it was dark. It was – it was. <laughs> All this, all the, and then these lights came to be, and there were people everywhere, and, <laughs> and people screaming. crying, and people clapping. And, yeah. the, and the doctor slapped you really hard. Yes. yes, yes, he did. Yeah, and this is why he's this way today. Yeah. But, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no. So where where were you born, raised? Tell us about a little bit about your. Past. So um, my father at the time was in the Air Force, and um, we were I, we were living, or they were living. I was born in Shreveport, Louisiana. And six months after I was born, my father got out of the military. We moved back to his hometown, West Memphis, Arkansas. Mm. And um, I lived there from the time I was six months old until around 12, 13. Mm. And then that's when we moved to Hendersonville, Tennessee, which is a suburb of Nashville. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. So you've been you've been surrounded by music your, pretty much your whole life. I, I have. Um, you know, my Back in the day, my father was associated with Elvis. George Klein and, and, and my dad were with, with Elvis in a lot of his early gigs. They drove him to a lot of his early gigs. Wow. So my dad was you know, uh, there in the beginning. Um, and my mom and dad met after my mom went on a date with Elvis, and he tried to kiss her, tried to make you know get you know fresh with her. Wow! And she slapped him, and she got out of the car. And so it was the next day because my dad and George worked at a radio station in the same building that my mom worked. And uh, George said, "Yeah, yeah, Roy, that's that's uh, the girl that slapped Elvis last night." And my dad's like, "Really?" And he's like, "I want to know her," you know. <laughs> infamous now and and they dated and you know the rest is history but um yeah i've been around music all my life my dad loved music my dad played guitar he played piano uh he loved the blues so i had all that you know exposure early in my life um and you know then we moved to nashville and nashville you know again we move up there and i don't know anybody but soon i realized that all these kids that i'm you know, friends with in, in the neighborhood, their parents are somebody in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just a great environment to be in. And, you know, people will hear me now and they're like, why, did, why aren't you doing something? Why didn't you do something earlier or whatever? I'm like, uh, I, I just didn't know because I was around so many talented musicians and kids that could really, really sing, I thought, in the beginning that there's no way I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. There's no way. So I just didn't do it and, you know, veered off into other careers and other, you know, avenues. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's kind of the early part of my life. Yeah, that's – I mean, there's that's an amazing – just, I mean, imagine your your mother slapped Elvis. <laughs> no, I can't imagine. <laughs> you probably <laughs> you probably p- pissed off – telling people probably just pissed off a well, yeah. lot of the, you know, older generation just oh, now. Well, yeah, why would you do that? Yeah. Could, are you serious? Yeah. I already don't like this guy. His mother slapped <laughs> Elvis. Well, but believe me, she later, you know, in that's life – That's why the doctor slapped you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know back in the day that was i don't know maybe 53 or 54 right mm-hmm. early in his in his day maybe later but mm-hmm. um it might have been later cuz yeah 55 mm-hmm. but anyway so you know she became a huge fan like all other you know people and ladies certainly uh, back in the you know late 50s early 60s 
big mm-hmm. fan. And, you know, I remember her going to many concerts after that. Of course, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And not to get too personal, but did your dad ever feel no. <laughs> complex about that? No. You're like, you know, you could have married Elvis. No, I know. <laughs> That's no. very, I, I'm joking. I know, but, you know, I know, I know. You could have. He could have gotten the I could have been Elvis, Elvis Love Child. Yeah, yeah. could have yeah. been. Could have been. I mean, you sing uh-huh. like you could be, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Like he could have gone the other way. He could be like, well, she turned down Elvis for this. That's right. Oh, That's yeah. true. Yeah. Good point. That's yeah. right. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. That's what I would have to tell myself. Yeah. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What else can you <laughs> yeah. tell yourself? Exactly. Yeah. Man, I would, but, yeah, I'd be telling that story all the time if I was. Yeah. But we've got, you know, my 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 brother uh, has a postcard that Elvis and, and George sent my dad when he was in, you know, he you know, in the Navy at that point in time because he joined the military after they got married. Mm-hmm. And we've got that and we've got some other, you know, interesting, you know, artifacts and then um, you know, when I was 7, my dad, he was we were he was out of the military at that point in time. He was in sales, but we were living in West Memphis, and we went to Elvis's house one time wow. when I was seven. And we went inside. I remember going to Graceland, going inside the gates, and all that. And I, you know, I knew who Elvis was because the songs, you know, I could associate that. But uh, we went into his house and basically went into the, you know the kitchen, and they just kind of caught up, and all they really talked about were. You know, hey, did you have you run into this person? Do you know where they are? And just kind of, you know, catching up, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But wow. uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. You know, no big deal. Just you know, just actually saying. was invited to Graceland when I was seven. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Tony, I don't. So this is. Let me fast forward. So all these music people in, in Nashville, and, and again, you saw Johnny Cash around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Johnny Cash was everywhere. Conway Twitty was everywhere. Merle Haggard, Roy Orbison. They were you just you saw them in the grocery store, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, I even bought my first car from Elvis's, I'm not Elvis, Johnny Cash's bodyguard. I went over to their house, had to go inside the house and get the keys to the car. And, um, there was, you know, June and, and Johnny just got, they were picking peas in the kitchen. Wow. You know, you know, you know Mr. Cash, how are you? You know, and, and Hello, I'm, yeah. Johnny. I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> What's your name? And, son? Right. <laughs> yeah. And. And, you know, it, it was just all those moments like that that were, you know, I've, I've, I've been around this, you know, all my life. Wow. And so it's no big, you know, it's no biggie. I mean, um, but the most bizarre story of, of moments when you want to kick yourself, you're like, I had this great opportunity. So my, my friend, uh, his father was a legendary songwriter. And he called me one time. This is somewhere in the late 80s as well. And said, hey, uh, my dad's going to go right with the highwaymen out in las vegas we're gonna be at the um i think the mirage they've got a room for us we let's go i'm like oh let's go so we went out there and later in the afternoon we were you know he and i were just you know gambling and and doing all this kind of stuff like that you do in vegas right Mm -hmm. and his mom called uh, on the courtesy phone mr (laughs) mr seals you have a phone call (laughs) and um she said hey i want i want you guys to go to the show tonight because you know they did invite us out here, and we're like, oh, do we have to go? And she's like, yes, you need to go to the show. So we're, we go to the show, and we're backstage, and TJ and I are just hanging out with Willie. Just Willie Nelson. <laughs> just hanging out with Willie. Wow. Right? And so that's, well, by hanging out, what do you mean? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we were in the hallway in a non-smoking area. Okay, got you. Right. So, um, and then after, you know, we watched the show. It was great. You know, the highwayman in Vegas. So after the show, um, his dad said, hey, Want you to come up to Wayland's Suite, all right? And so I'm like, okay. So we walk up there, and there's Wayland Jennings, Johnny Cash, Chris Christopherson, and Willie Nelson. 
and his father and, and TJ and myself. Wow. Just hanging out. We're in Wayland Suite overlooking the strip. And all TJ and I can think about is, do you want to go? Let's go play blackjack. You want to go? <laughs> <laughs> Not just hang around and listen to the stories because that's what these guys do. They just tell stories. Yeah. And you're around all these, these cats and you're like, yeah, I, I see you all the time. Yeah. No big deal. That's one moment that I go, man, why didn't I just hang out and listen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just ask a certain question that maybe yeah. they hadn't told anybody else. You could write a book and make millions of dollars. They, right? See? Right. Yeah. Not too smart. Yeah. I'm not too smart. <laughs> no. But that's, man, that's an amazing story. Yeah. That's really great. Did yeah. it smell funky in there? It, not yet. Not, <laughs> not yet. yet. I guess they knew there were kids around. Okay. Yeah. So then well, maybe that was. I wasn't that young. I was in 20, my oh. early 20s. Oh, yeah. well, so you weren't even. Okay. So you were. Yeah. Anyway, I was about to show. say. I mean, <laughs> I was blackjack. Yeah, you said yeah. gambling, but of course, ah, at true, yeah. that age, you're like, yeah, this is, you know, been there, done that. Yeah, this is time. totally boring. You guys want to go? But yeah. gambling, away a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, gambling's exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who are these people? They're all bearded and weird. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, again, my early music journey. You know, I spent a lot of time in, in, in studios. Um, you know. Listening to you know, seeing the whole recording process, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. Yeah. Right there, could have done something, didn't. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, certainly, uh, that is that is inter- very very interesting uh, surroundings that you've been brought up around. That's really cool, and probably some way influenced later on in life where you wanted to try it. Right, so probably you were around it, and now you're like, man, let's you know do this well there's a, there's a backstory there okay. so i'm in i'm 19 and you know my best friends are all pursuing music but i'm not even thinking about because i don't play an instrument and i never would sing in front of them so i'm we're driving a car one day with me and my girlfriend and my girlfriend told me she goes what what are you doing i'm like what i was singing to like spandau ballet true mm-hmm. and she was <laughs> like and she was like you can't sing i'm like Gosh. really oh no so I've been afraid to sing in front of anybody. Now I'm comfortable enough to sing in front of her. And she says, I can't sing. Mm. Shut it down. Yeah. So I don't sing in front of anybody until many, many years later, until I'm like 45. Unfortunately, going through a divorce. Um, and at that point in time, I'm at a bar. And they had karaoke one night. And I'm, I'm going to go sing a song. I don't care. Yeah. Because I had a little bit of encouragement. Mm-hmm. A little bit of bourbon. There you go. Family show, right? Sorry, a little bit of adult beverage. That's cool. You can yeah. say adult I beverage. Think, I think it's the it's B a, word. It's important. That's to a healthy B word. Establish. Expose people. Yes. Children to things in a healthy way. In a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So responsible consumption, mm-hmm. and and so I got up there enough courage to sing a song, and of course people were like, "Oh, well, you're pretty good." Yeah. <laughs> so I sang "Drift Away," nice. and. and um, one thing led to another. And so now I'm doing that. I'm like, oh, this is a lot of fun. You know, so I'm going out and singing karaoke. And um, fast forward, my, my daughter at the time was eight years old, and they were watching America's Got Talent. And the guy that won the show, the singer, she said to me, Dad, you sing better than that guy. I'm like, really? And she goes, you should try out for the show. And I said, I will. Let's do it. And I said, but you have to sign me up. So I'm telling an eight-year-old to go on the computer <laughs> to sign me up. And I'm thinking, it'll never happen. Then I get the invite. Invited to Washington, D.C., try out for America's Got Talent. Great. Okay. And um, yeah, I, I talked to the girls and I talked to, to their mother. And I said, what do you think I should do? She goes, well, it'd be great to expose them to that opportunity. to show that you're not afraid to go for it. Mm-hmm. So 
went up there and, and did the tryout. And I remember there was about 30 people in the room, and they one after the other, if you've ever done this, it's about a you know, minute and a half. And the, you know, the producer who's sitting up front says, hey, um, okay, what's your name? Tell me what you're going to do, what song you're going to sing, and um, we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead and start. And so they look down, and they start writing notes, and the people, they, they sing, and then they go, thank you very much, appreciate it, next. Mm-hmm. So they do that process. There's 20 or 30 people, I'm 29. Oh, wow. In the room. So we go one after the other. My daughters are sitting over uh, against the wall because they're minors. They can't be by themselves. And so... I remember her saying, okay, tell me your name, who you are, what, you know, all the stories, anything, information about you, and which song are you going to sing? And so I said, well, I'm going to sing um, Mama Hold My Hand by Troy Sills. I'm, you know, I'm Patrick McKee, 45, 46 years old, um, divorced dad of two girls. There they are. And she goes, all right, whenever you're ready, go ahead. So she put her head down, started looking at her notes, and I'll, I started singing this song. And you saw her look up. And then she started fiddling through some papers and whatnot, mm-hmm. looking around and just really listening to me and whatnot. I finished, and she's like, very good, thank you. The last person had to finish. And then at that point, she said, we're not going to make any decisions today, but what uh, we're going to do is that you're going to go outside, and the, one of the, our assistants is going to help take you back to the, the, whole, the main room. And uh, so we went outside, and we're all high-fiving, and, and, oh, you did great. You're awesome, whatnot. And one of the assistants came to me and said, Mr. McKee, if you could, can you come? Um, we had some issues with your paperwork. We want to make sure we got that all straight. <laughs> and so my daughter, who signed me up, right, she walks in. And so I'm walking in. I'm following. like, okay, let's go back inside. And so the producer says, that's behind the desk, the original one that was you know, judging the talent. She said, so what's your story? Who are you? I'm like, well, I just told you I'm a divorced dad of two little girls and wanted to sing this song. And okay, okay, what else do you have? So I fall back to the old, you know, the old standard drift away. Mm-hmm. And um, and so as I'm singing, I'm looking over to my daughter, and the, the Arden who signed me up was crying, just bawling, right? And and so I'm trying to get through this. We get through it. And the producer says, okay, we're going to send you to the next level, to the executive producer. We want you to sing for them. And so we get outside, and I say, Arden, what's wrong? Why are you crying? She goes, she said something was wrong with my paperwork. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, honey, that was not, that was kind of a, you know, a story to get me back in there without making everyone else feel bad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wow. so, and then that was the, you know, all of a sudden, I guess I, guess I can sing mm-hmm. because these people are recognizing it because I certainly don't have the story for those shows, some tragic you know, tale or, mm-hmm. or I wasn't homeless or anything mm-hmm. like that. So we do that, and now and then I've tried out for several of those shows, like The Voice mm-hmm. and um, The X Factor, and I've made wow. them. I made The Voice up to the point before you go out to California, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of levels. X Factor made it up four rounds. Wow! Uh, just didn't you know? At the end of the day, they tell you we love your singing. You know, just. We're, we're crafting a TV show here. Yeah. So yeah. I guess my story is not, you know, <laughs> oh, not good enough. Done tongue on oh, enough no. heartstrings. I know. I mean, yeah. but uh, no. It, it's, you need to come up with some sort of plan. Like I know. Yeah. Well, I know. <laughs> I don't, don't want to be exposed. Yeah, you don't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, no, that's amazing, man. I didn't know about that either. Um, I feel like I don't know you, Patrick. 
Uh, we always cry on the show. It's usually me. Just yeah, I, I was about to cry. Yeah. You were? Yeah, okay. I was. Well, that's good. I yeah. feel like at least yeah, I'm not the only one to cry. The yeah, Patrick's tale. singing. His daughter's crying. Yeah. The lady's engaged. I mean, I was I mm-hmm. started to tear up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome, man. For those who may now be curious, is there somewhere where they can go and watch maybe one of those episodes? <laughs> was there any of them that were televised? There's no, there's no televised episodes. Now, okay. the, the one of the cooler things that happened as a result of all that, so I've got to know a few of the producers. And one gentleman by the name of Patrick Marino with America's Got Talent. Mm. So fast forward years later, there the finals are in New York City. We're then living up there because you know, you know my wife's her her position with the the I guess the company she works for mm-hmm. is up based out in New Jersey. So we were living up in that area. So my daughters came up for you know a, a period of time for a few weeks during the summer, and and uh, there were the the finals for America's Got Talent were at Radio City Music Hall, wow. right? So I reached out to Patrick Marino and I said, hey, can you get us some tickets to the finals? He said, sure, I got you four, right? So we go to the show and there we are in Radio City Music Hall and there are the judges over to our left and there's a, a mini, another smaller stage in the middle of the audience where you'll see Nick Cannon at the time do some spots. And so there's a person who's coming around kind of hyping up the crowd before the show Right, and then he comes over to me and says, "Hey, we want you to sing a song." Right, so I'm like, "To what?" And he goes, "Just sing a song, no music background." I'm like, "Okay." (laughs) So I'm like, and so I get up and on stage in Radio City Radio City Music Hall, and sing uh, "Let's Get It On" Marvin Gaye (laughs) with acapella, right? (laughs) And then the crowd went crazy and went out, and I'm just and you could see I'm looking at Howard Stern and Heidi Klum, and I'm like. (laughs) Is this really happening? Wow. You know? Awesome. And I was well, I was hoping is they're going to play a wild card. I know yeah. this is the finals, but let's get this guy in here. The playoffs. Yeah. But, uh, that would be actually really interesting if they did that. Right? Yeah. yeah. This guy from the crowd is now competing versus you. <laughs> Fast forward to the finals. But no, that was cool. I mean, I've got a picture of it and all that, you know, wow. and there's Radio City Music Hall, so I can say it. I sang there. Wow, that is. Yeah, I mean, that is, well, yeah, that's something to be to be absolutely it's a great claim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I wonder if you ever. You know what you should do? You ever still probably not ever stay and talk to the night that when you were nineteen, your girlfriend who told you you couldn't sing like back then. I'm sure there's no contact there. <laughs> no, there's do you n- know where she lives? <laughs> still lives in Hendersonville, and my buddy TJ tells me, you know, yeah, I see her all the time at Kroger's or whatever. Really? Uh, I would really love. Yeah, I would. You should I, sing. How do you like me now? By Toby Keith. That's it. You just find her in Kroger. And yeah. Be like, Hi, you probably don't remember me. Oh, yeah. How do you like me now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely, uh, I think that, I, I would love to at one point in time say, you know, and, well, and the lesson learned here is that believe in yourself. Yes. Because somebody could tell you something about you and it just, you got to brush that off. Because again, I'm not, I don't have any, you know, delusions that I, I could have been some big major artist, but what it did rob me of is just creating music and singing uh, all those years, yeah. and and you know that's there's a joy to it. You, you get great joy out of playing all the time. You know, you have a, you're very successful in real estate. You don't need to play music for a you know a living, which you probably did for some point in your life, right? That was your how yeah. you made your money. Oh yeah. But now you do it for the love of the music. Yes. You know, it's and, much more fun on a regular basis. Yeah. 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 So no, I mean, it was robbed. So mm. the lesson there, kids, don't let someone else tell yeah. you that you can't do something. 
Yeah, no, we have a lot of uh, really interesting people that come on, and I think there's always reoccurring things that we always talk about that, you know, we're, we want to try to inspire other people to try to, you know, to do things, you know, like for all of, for me, I mean, it took you just one thing took you many, many years to get over to really try to do it again, you know, and I think if you find in life that you try to do things and and if you fail just try try again or or maybe at some point say hey well maybe i'll try something else and do it and that's what i've done you know i was a shy little boy i mean a little guy when i when we were in nashville with mckenzie's mill i, I wouldn't sing in front of anybody when really? we moved there i was a guitar player like i always felt comfortable behind a guitar and i didn't even have a microphone and these two brothers you know with mckenzie's mill would sing and and they were good at kind of getting the crowd hyped and are great songwriters and still are um, they're still with us, <laughs> but, you know, um, but uh, you know, I was the guitar player, and I remember this guy, the bass player for uh, Trick Pony, which is kind of a band that sort of in, in the two thousands were that had a couple of radio songs or whatever. But he he toured. He was a touring bass player, and he was this little small guy, but he always dressed to the nines, and they called him Rodeo. And uh, and he came up to me after a show with Mackenzie's Mill in Nashville, like the first year I was there, and he was like. You know, Tony, take the, don't take this the wrong way. You are a great guitar player and um, really love your music. You should probably, you know, dress like you're somebody because <laughs> I probably looked homeless. You know, like I had no idea, whatever. But you just learned those things. <laughs> like you should just believe in yourself and 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 then. But the story was going from that to kind of like you learn little things along the way. But if I never tried to sing later on in life because I had been so scared to do it and people were like, ah, you know, then I would have never been where I was at or I am at today. So I know it was kind of a roundabout way, but you know, just try things and, and don't let people discourage you and keep, keep moving forward, you know? So, yeah. But also having somebody in your life that really supports you and whatnot. Yeah. Now, you know, my wife, which, you know, bless her in the early days of our dating, wherever we would travel to every town that we would go to Boston, Chicago, New York, wherever. Right. Uh, she would, you know, I would always pick out the karaoke spot and she would always, go with me yes let's go let you go sing your song let's go do it <laughs> and she did she was so supportive and and it was because of that support that gave me even that much more confidence uh and and you know just exposure to performing in front of people so mm-hmm. yeah i mean this is all it all comes around and and it depends on the people that you have in your life and how supportive they are about your pursuits and your whatnot and you know she's even very supportive of what i do today with the, the karaoke right and at the you know, different places in town. It was at the Jefferson. Now it's at Drum and Quill and O'Donnell's. Um, every Thursday from 8 to 11, we're going to start that off. And and so, you know, she's like, she knows that I want to go out and sing karaoke. So why not host it, you know, and, and do that? And it's it's that's been fascinating how just hosting one karaoke night has opened me up to all this opportunity in Moore County and music, you know, um, you know, and by the way, I have Pat's virtual stage on Instagram. Yeah, mm. yeah check that us, out. Yeah, There's tell a lot us of a little bit about what you got going because you also book for you've got several venues too. If you want to tell us a little story about the yeah the, the current happenings. So it was through the karaoke at the Jefferson uh, that one thing led to another. I was at the barbecue festival a few years back, and Ed Peckles, the, the director of food and beverage, his wife, you know, worked there at the Jefferson Inn helping them out. And he said, hey, you're the guy I want to talk to. I want you to start booking our music at Pinehurst Brewery. I'm like, uh, okay. Wow. You know a lot of musicians, right? Well, yeah, I know a few. 
okay, well, you do that. Okay. Uh, three days later, <laughs> Kevin Drum calls me up and he says, hey, Pat, uh, can you come meet with me in my office? I'm like, oh, great. God. Now, now I, I, you know, the reason why I thought that, because Kevin and I, we've talked before and I've, I've helped him out a little bit. I was in the restaurant industry for 30 plus years, mm-hmm. traveling around. That's what I did for forever and ever. So people, most people, they don't know what I do mm-hmm. or did. And so I thought it was about that. Kevin said, he, he said, here's all my, you know, artists. Here's the, the dates we have booked. I want you to handle the music from this point forward. I'm like, okay. So now here's two places. Then the, you know, the Pinehurst, uh, the, the resort bought Villaggio. Mm-hmm. I handled that now. Now Red's Corner, they reached out to me. I've connected with them. So I now manage the calendar. You know, I'm not the booking agent. I'm not a, that that person. I don't take percentages from the artist or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they hire me just to manage the calendar. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as an artist, you know, Tony, you've worked with places before and the bar manager books all the music, right? Mm-hmm. And then bar manager's gone. Yep. And they got somebody in there new and you're like, um, I don't know this person at all. They don't know me. I got to reestablish all this. But because I do this and I'm outside of the business, I'm there. I'm a constant and, you know, mm-hmm. I can manage it a little bit better, not have the double bookings. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all know the, the nightmares there that what can happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But... But so yeah, I do. I'm doing that, um, and just having a lot of fun right now. You know, again, two days a week karaoke is a lot because I'm also an IT recruiter. Mm-hmm. During the, that's my day job, Monday through Friday. That's why I have the two phones here. You know, I keep looking over at them. I was wondering why. Maybe you're like in espionage or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, no, that's what I got going on musically. Uh, you know. I really respect what you guys do because people ask me have asked me before, hey, let's put some sets together, let's play, let's perform. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. You know, and, and 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 to learn, you know, what thirty songs or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that takes a, a, a big commitment. And I you know, just I like being the guy. <laughs> I like being the guy when Tony Barnes says. Hey Pat, you want to come up and sing a couple of songs? And I get up and do my mm-hmm. shtick, and then and then I'm off. Yeah, I wave at the people, and then I'm off. Yeah, that's people, fun for me. People don't realize, you know, like especially I, I've been one of the few in in town that, for, I mean, I play duo, trio, full band stuff, but for the most part, I, when I did it for a living, I did a lot of solo, and I still do, you know, just by myself playing, and especially when you're by yourself. I mean, you, you know, you you don't really get to feed off anybody else. You got to do it all on your own, and if you if you break a string, well, you just you better make a joke real quick and figure it out. But you know, uh, people don't realize the amount of work that goes into it. So I've, I've sort of been known as the guy that takes the long breaks. But here's the thing: I play, t- I try to play the long first sets, right, two hours straight sometimes, and and just so that because if the crowd's in and out, you know, I finally get them after 30 minutes. You don't realize how hard it is to get a crowd, right? So sometimes you know at the beginning, people are like, "Well, this, you know, they're not paying attention." Then if you get get that right song, cover song or whatever, and then they're like, "Oh, okay, we'll start paying attention." Then the whole crowd gets into it, and that, you know that feeling. It's just is a great feeling. You don't want to stop that, and plus you want the bar to make money or the restaurant that you're working at so i try to play really long first sets but it is a lot of work especially when you're by yourself so that's why like i'll take a break and i'm like all right i got to get this crowd going again and be mentally prepared for that ready to do it and uh so you know take a little break and whatever and it's worked out in the past because i got patrick mckee up on uh, and well i guess you and maybe tim stell matt and uh back before he was whiskey pines and uh reuben kennedy and will dowd and i'm sure there's a few others that i'm leaving out that they're like, hey, can I play in your break? You know, I'm like, sure. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a drink. You know, like, and I know that's, but you know, I did it six, five, six, seven nights a week for 12 years. I mean, that was yeah. my livelihood. So, yeah. 
you can imagine when you're doing that three, four hours, not including your travel, your setup, your breakdown. I mean, you know, it's hard when you're by yourself, too. It's, it's a lot of work. So, you know, that's why I take long breaks for Joanna Keeley Martin, who you may know her, but she, yeah, well, no, <laughs> she I don't know. And she's, yeah. she's a good friend of mine. Absolutely. And, uh, and her family, but she's always like, yeah, Tony, you on a break? How long you been on a break for an hour? <laughs> oh, I love it. How yeah. she ribs, ribs the, you, know, you yeah. guys. She, yeah, it's great. But you know, it is, you're right. And so I went off on a tangent there about myself, but it's a lot of work, but you're speaking of getting the crowd going. I remember the one night, a memorable night is we were playing in, in downtown Southern Pines. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we say the place is, is it appropriate? Uh, anyway, I don't even remember which one was. We were at the Bell Tree. Oh okay. yeah, that's yeah that's and, right. and 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 I came in there and and you know the crowd was was good whatnot. But then I you know then I throw we throw off the the you know the what do you the, the mix you know the smash up of of Ed Sheeran um, thinking out loud mm-hmm. and then you know Marvin Gaye let's get it on mm-hmm. and they went crazy oh, yeah. they went wild you're like no you don't you can't get off now yeah. you can't you can't leave now. <laughs> no. Yeah, now now you're gonna leave me up here by myself, Patrick. Really? Come on. But that was a, that was a great night. That was a fun night. Yeah. No, I mean it always gets the crowd going when you sing, man. I love it. It's uh, you know, I wish because you know a part of me wishes that I I could just sit back. I mean, I love singing, but I, I know I'm a I, I can get the job done. I'm not a you know I, I don't have a huge range or anything, but um, I know that people aren't gonna drop their jaws for my singing. You know, really, it's my guitar playing that I think is the more impressive part of it. But so it's really nice when I get, I'm playing guitar, which I know I can just really do well. Well, yep. if I know the songs. <laughs> so, Pat, Pat, uh, segue, Patrick tried to get me to learn like two songs when I was doing it for a living. Like, and I'm like, yeah, sure, and then I never did. And I feel bad about that. Um, but so I would always like mess up the chords, a couple of chords to this one song that I uh, I, I was always asking to play it. But I was like, man, I hope I can get through this you know yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah it's uh, you, you don't want to follow patrick mckee you know like once he starts singing you're like oh seriously like now no, what am i gonna do now come on come on <laughs> you gotta play okay i'm gonna play free bird stairway to heaven yeah. <laughs> um just guitar yeah and you know maybe keep these people here actually that probably wouldn't keep them there but anyway. <laughs> free bird uh, yeah but uh yeah, it's always fun to sing it's always i mean i love doing it you know we're gonna do it tonight over at the drum and quill um do it thursday night um at O'Donnell's, you know, and, and but he, he, here's the thing about karaoke, and people say, you know, we love your karaoke versus you know the other places we've been before, or this town, or whatever. And and the thing about karaoke, and everybody thinks, oh, you got to be a great singer to get up there. It's not. It's about some of the best performances are people who cannot sing mm-hmm. at all, and those that entertaining. And karaoke is about having fun, and and at how. It brings people together because when I was doing it at the Jefferson, I mean the crowd, the mix, of the crowd, the diversity, you know, you know, ages and everything were so amazing, and everybody's so supportive. And that's what I tell people: Come on, you can get up there and sing. Let's go, let's go. You can do this. I can put the words, you know, you got the words. I can put the, you know, the lead vocal behind you. Whatever you got to do. And we've gotten a lot of people up up there to sing that have never sang before. And once they get the bug, mm-hmm. oh, they're in now. But that's the thing about karaoke and in this community, I love it. It's just it brings a lot of different people together, and everybody's supportive. So more karaoke. Yes. How about that? Well, maybe, maybe that should be my Instagram. It should. It should. More karaoke instead of Pat's virtual stage. Yeah. Well, even though you just created that completely on your own, now you have to give Frank and I credit right. because <laughs> you're here. A right? third, yeah. Put Whoever's in the, in the room, you should know this by national. I should. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we well, created it together. Yes, right. we did. Even though Patrick did it completely by himself. By himself but we were present, so we are owed. Yeah. 
some sort of something, right? More karaoke. See, there you go. We inspired you. Oh, goodness gracious. We just inspired you because we're inspiration. inspiration. This is a room of inspiration. Now, Tony, you've got to come by sometime when we do the street corner karaoke. Just got to pop in there. Bring your guitar. I don't care. Um, Can you talk about the karaoke, the sidewalk karaoke, the special pop-ups that you did after the power outage? Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know... Earlier this year, we we I just randomly on a Friday night, you know, again, my wife is very supportive and she's like, whatever, go do your thing, you know. So, <laughs> so I, me and me and a few buddies, we I got my you know my system. And I've got some powered speakers that connect Bluetooth and with the iPad and the microphones out there, and we just started doing street corner karaoke one Friday night, <laughs> and uh, and then so it was you know the two little Bose you know Pro S ones are are good for smaller areas, but they weren't really pumping out the power. So we hooked up my QSC and we had that going as well. Now, my wife almost called me. I think she texted me and she's at, we live, what, four blocks from the train station. She's like, I can hear you here. I can hear. <laughs> Turn it down. Yeah. Um, and, and everybody was, you know, the people were, it was fascinating. People were coming by and, and checking it out. And so fast forward, um, you know, as a result that night, we, we, we did that. Phil with, you know, the CVB came by and, and they, they saw a little bit of it. And so after the outage, they want to kind of get the, the holiday spirit up. So they had this thought of how let's do some car- street corner karaoke in different places. So I, we did it at the Southern Pine train, train Station, uh, the park in the, the Village of Pinehurst and the Aberdeen train station. Mm-hmm. And we came out there and we had, you know, the, the mayors of uh, Southern Pines and Aberdeen come out that day and we had some representatives from the village of Pinehurst uh, come out and we had a lot of people and it was a lot of fun and and the local businesses uh, were very supportive of, of the effort and they donated uh, gift certificates for you know their shops in the, the areas where we were singing that day so if you got up and sang a song or, or walked up and, and sang a song you got a $25 certificate to go support the local businesses so it was it was a great you know, I'm, I'm really uh, excited and 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 appreciate Phil and the CBB reaching out to me to you know, bring a little Christmas, you know, spirit, yeah. well, holiday joy. Especially since after the the substation attacks and all that, who would ever thought that would have happened in a place like where we live? Yeah. You know, obviously it was a big shock to anybody, right. anywhere. But uh, yeah, that was a, a hard time for a lot of people, and uh, you know, especially around the holidays. You know, it's like literally, especially the people that work paycheck to paycheck that you know lost yeah. a week of work or and couldn't afford whatever yeah. food that they lost. You know. Definitely needed some some Christmas cheer, and I'm sure that helped. And then the businesses also losing money for five days over the holidays. I mean, a lot of I mean, it was a big hit to yeah. our area, you know. So that's really really awesome. Still crazy, and yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I'm entertaining uh, doing one of the trolleys. You know, you are oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because that's actually I think how I first heard about it. Somebody on a trolley saw you, or I can't remember exactly, but it was. Some because I do their um, we I do a ticketing platform online ticketing and they do our tickets through us. So I was talking to somebody, but you know, I, I think a lot of pe- anybody who sees it, anybody who walks by, it just you know lo- brings a little bit more joy to their day. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think it's really cool, yeah. So we're we're you know, I, I've I've talked to them recently about 
hosting a karaoke night on the trolley. That'd nice. be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Be great. Hopefully it can it can work out. Yeah, unless there's one of those really bad singers that just wants to sing the entire time. <laughs> you know what? We have those, and and look, I control all that, you know, and and certainly your microphone's support not them. working right. Yeah. Now. <laughs> well, turn them down, turn the music up a little bit more, you know. Um, and but there are times when people who I do this, you know, that they're not real confident, they don't sing a whole lot, and I'll turn the the lead vocal up behind them just a little bit, mm-hmm. and it kind of you know helps. It, it helps them get them like, back in. Track. They're singing in <laughs> singing in the car now, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and they sing louder, and it just sounds you know it's a little bit richer, a little bit yeah. fuller. Well, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so you support them. We don't want to put anybody down. I'm not saying that, <laughs> but you know, because right, it, going back to the support thing. I mean, you know, if it, you know, you have to it, it, in anything in life that you're succeeding at. There's there's it's not just one person that does that all on their own. It's always there's a support team somewhere in the history or now or usually now and and for the whole time somebody's been supporting you to get to where you are. You know, I mean, my my parents were definitely the the biggest supporters of me, which is the only reason that I am where I am today because. You know, I was in college at Appalachian State, and I was still shy back then. I didn't sing back then, but I played with some of my fraternity brothers, and I never played like out like with a band in, at Appalachian State, which is weird. You think I would have, but I just kind of jammed a little bit at our parties. And then, you know, I, I wasn't confident really then. But then I left. I left college. I was like, yeah, Mama. I don't know. You know, f- after four years, you know, in student loans, I'm like, I just don't know my direction. You know, but I think, you know, I, I just I need to come home and, and get my things together. And and then we're going to move to Nashville. Okay. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> What? Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so me and well, the only reason I did that was Justin Harris of McKenzie's Mill, uh, him and Ryan Harris, the brothers. He was they were getting out of college, graduating. By, by the way, they graduated. <laughs> I did not, but they were getting out about the same time. And and, just, and we had played at May Street Market in Southern Pines back in the day with open mic and stuff. And and they were singing and writing songs. And 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 Justin was like, you know what? We just need to go to Nashville. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> for real and so if it wasn't for him I, it wouldn't have pushed me that way so there was support there but but then once i got out there my mom my mom and dad were like okay just please don't die you know <laughs> be careful you know and know that we're here if you like you know, support i mean most parents probably be like what are you doing <laughs> like i'm gonna quit college and go to nashville with a credit card debt and loans student loans so they supported me my whole life and they still i'm so happy and thankful to have my parents now and they'll still come out to Charbar Seven or Drum and Quill or yeah. wherever I'm playing, you know, they're at the Growler shop this past weekend, and just you know, it really means a lot to me to have them there. They still support me, even though yeah. I sing the same songs over and over. <laughs> They've very, heard them a million times. Very nice people. Yeah, yeah. I've met them. So you know that you need a support system. The whole point of that was that you know uh, nobody's super successful. I mean, for the most part, doesn't. It's not like they never had any kind of support. You have to have it, and that's a good lesson for you. And you you don't want to try not to put people down or anything like that so to your 19 year old girlfriend shame on you thanks yeah 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 how do you like me now and you mentioned (laughs) that but you know i think it's important to also point out like you said have faith in yourself and then when you find somebody that gives you that support you know i just have had trouble in the past leaning into support like that you know i've recently accepted that i am prideful in certain ways and getting help is one of those Mm. points of you know it contends with my pride Mm -hmm. and i never really recognized that and that's okay you know we all can be proud people but just try and accept that support Mm -hmm. you know if you find yourself doubting yourself 
just try and remember. I know it can be hard, but I just wanted to make sure to mention that. Mm-hmm. You know, try and remember that the people who are there supporting you, they they want you to do better. They or they want you to be in fulfilled and enjoy what you're doing because they see that you like it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that is something that many people are lucky to have and some people don't recognize I don't know. Maybe they recognize it when they need it the most. I don't, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. wanted to say that. Well, yeah. No, for for me, you know, being in the restaurant business for all those years, thirty plus years, and and my last position was was the GM of the Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Durham, mm-hmm. right? And this is when when my wife and I were just dating, and and I'm like, I, I just can't. I don't know if I can do this anymore because, you know, I've got two daughters, you know, over here, you know, my, you know dad, of you know, two little girls divorced and, and I'm, and I'm dating someone that lives an hour away. And, and, and it was through her support that said, well, look, if you want to make a change, make a change. I, I, I believe in you and I, I think you can do it. And so I, I, that's how I became a recruiter. I just reached out and one day, you know, somebody responded to an email and one thing led to another. Fast forward, here I am now a senior talent partner with a global company and, and you know, just having the greatest time. I got this balance. I got, a, you know, a career. I'm having fun over here. Uh, a great wife. We laugh, con- you know, constantly, just nonstop. So because you, I've surrounded myself with the right people, you know, um, and, and, you know, we've all been there before. We've been around toxic people, people that just going to bring you down. Uh, and you know, again, I'm, I'm have the uh, very fortunate at this point in my life, you know, to have those great friends and great, you know, family and support. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, that's it. Yeah, and the more you do it too, when you have that support, the more you do it, the more confidence you build in yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you 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 branch out on your own. You know, at that point, it just takes a little bit of support and you know positivity to like, get you going. You and know? like we said last week, you know, thing new things feel uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. and that's okay because they're new and you're not sure if. You know, you might be doubting yourself, and you might have people saying, "Oh, well, why are you doing that?" You know, mm-hmm. you mean? Well, you know, I read this great little meme the other day. It was like, you know, your your first YouTube is going to be terrible. Your first performance is going to be terrible. Your, your first, first that, I think, but you can't get to the hundredth one unless you try the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, and that kind of you just got to try. You know, and and I'm not a big believer in that. Hey, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Mm-hmm. I was never going to be in the NBA. Mm-hmm. wasn't fast enough. Oh. Couldn't jump. Not tall. You know, I just I couldn't do all that. But, but if you are, if you have a talent and you're good at something, fairly good at something, you can get better. Mm-hmm. And so, pursue and go after the things that you're good at, mm-hmm. or you have a really a passionate, you know, a passion for and a great interest in. Mm-hmm. If you do those things and pursue the, that avenue, then I think you'll have a lot more success. Yeah. yeah, I think it, to me, and this, I used to reference this a lot when I was first getting into my glass blowing, um, and we talked about it a lot in, in um, particularly a class with a, a world-renowned artist who we were lucky enough to have as an adjunct professor. Um, the 10,000 hour, I'm sure a lot of people listening have heard about the, and now I'm blanking on what, um, where it originated, I think it was a philosopher, but you know, when you work at something 10,000 hours, that's when you can become a master, but it takes a lot of work to get there. And that's why, you know, pursuing something that you're passionate about helps you get through those times when 
you're at a roadblock, you're at a stumbling point, you find yourself downing yourself because maybe you're not as far along as you thought you might be. But that that keeping after it and keeping that work, putting that work in, practicing and practicing and practicing will get you to a place where you are, you know, at first an intermediate, then an expert, and then you can be considered by some a master at whatever whatever it is. But mm-hmm. put that in the perspective of time, you know, again, talent acquisition, employers, all these things. So 28 or 2,080 hours is a full-time, 40-hour week, 52 weeks a year, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to take you roughly five years yep. to become that master. And, you know, all the time when I'm, I'm interviewing young candidates for, a, you know, an entry-level management position, and they always talk about, well, I really want to get in there and make an impact. Mm-hmm. You know, impact is like, you're right out of college. Yeah. What do you, you it's going to take years, years, settle down. So I tell all these young you know, people that are just entering the workforce, get in there, keep your head down, work hard. If you work hard, keep your head down and don't. Don't think that you've got to make an impact. You, you, what do you have an offer, uh, to offer in the very beginning other than your, your time and your effort? Mm-hmm. You've got to learn because it's people that, that you're working with that are managers. They've worked in it for years. You know, as somebody that worked in the restaurant industry for 30 plus years, I was at a GM for 20. Mm-hmm. So when I've got some, you know, some server that's trying to tell me how to seat the room or, or to take reservations or do this or that, you're like, really? <laughs> <laughs> really this is tried and true you know i appreciate your suggestions yeah. however this is what i know works and we're going to continue to go that direction mm-hmm. and there we go but but it's yeah it takes time and don't to really have, master something don't have illusions of grandeur either i mean it's okay to have some of that like that whole shoot for the shoot for the fences why not but like you know do it in your 20s <laughs> don't do it when you're like all of a sudden uh you know because it's not like when you quit and you, st- or you didn't quit you started singing and you're like it's not like you quit your job and you're like this is what i'm gonna do oh, for no. the rest of my life i am going to be no. famous at 45 you're not like no. you know so it's like don't the people that always are like yeah you know uh, i'm gonna be the nba star or whatever that's great you know um some people well that's a bad metaphor because some people are just really damn good at yeah, dang, yeah, yeah. People, sorry dang good at basketball some people are six six and mm-hmm. they're prone or they're, they're already at an advantage. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you said, don't don't try to be a uh, professional underwater basket weaver if you've never weaved baskets in your life underwater. You and you can't swim. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so uh, swim first. Yeah. Then yeah. practice over water basket weaving. Yes. And then and then you can just gradually. Up. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's a progression. Yeah. So I was going somewhere cool with that, and I just completely lost it. So sorry about that. I don't know. Um, but you you mentioned something about early in life, right? Go for it. Yeah. Right. No, yeah, definitely. So yeah. so early in life, you know, uh, I you know again, buddy in the music industry, he says, hey, I, a, a big company out in L.A. want to sign me to a publishing contract. Let's go out there. Hmm. I'm like, let's go. All right, and and so of course I went to my parents and said, "Hey, I'm moving to L.A." And they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going out to L.A." And they're like, "Okay, good luck." So <laughs> we go out to L.A. and he signs with a, a big company out there, a publishing deal. But we had to go through the process. He had to interview with a couple of people. Now, again, being connected. Um, okay, one day we're going to go meet with Lance Freed, you know, at A uh, and M Records. Mm-hmm. Well, Lance Freed is the son of Alan Freed, who who mm-hmm. coined the phrase rock and roll. Wow. Um, we're just talking to Alan Free. And then we go to uh, Chuck K at Windswept Pacific, um, who was the former you know head guy at Warner Brothers Music. He's like, he's like because it's the association, you're, you're just these doors are wide open. 
So again, they're all interested in, in my friend. I've got nothing to do. I don't know what I'm going to do out there. Mm. And so, you know, he, he signs the deal and we have an apartment in LA or yeah, uh, Hollywood, Holly weird, I call it. <laughs> and, and so we were out there and he's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I, I don't know. So I went and got a job one day, uh, and joined a, a telemarketing firm selling tools to garages across the country. My day one, day one, I'm on the phone and, 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 pitching the tools i don't know what i'm doing and 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 i get a phone a phone call well actually one of the managers came back and said hey your your roommate called and said he needs you to call him i said okay so day one so i go and and i make the phone call and he says hey george tobin tiffany's manager you know the singer the pop singer back in the day Mm -hmm. you know debbie gibson tiffany Mm -hmm. george tobin wants to talk to you I'm like really about what he goes? Yeah, he he needs somebody as far as his management company, uh, you know, an assistant or whatever. I'm like cool. So I I, I literally walk off the dump. I'm like, Guys, I gotta go. I gotta go. I can't sell tools. And and so I drive over to his house and uh, what's it called Westchester? Uh, this community out and and it's on the other side of the hill, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but we, we go in there and I mean, pull up, you know, in his house, it's got a Ferrari and a Corvette and limousine and this beautiful house. Um, and I walk in his kitchen he's there and he's just, this guy's very intense. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you read anything about George Tobin, very intense individual, but we're there talking literally for three hours. And, uh, finally I just go, Hey, look, whatever you need, whatever you need me to do, I can do. That's it. Mm-hmm. And he goes, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. So all of a sudden, I'm in working for a music management company in L.A. Now, my friends of mine that were in Nashville who had just graduated from uh, Belmont College with a degree in music management or whatever, they had moved out there, and they're working at you know Central Parking or a parking lot or working for the restaurant. And they're like, what, what did you do? I'm like, yeah, I'm working for George Tobin now and Tiffany. And like, they're like, how did you get into that? Right place, right time, you know? And yeah. uh, But I learned my lesson pretty quickly. We went to my first show, we went to see Tiffany at Knott's Berry's Farm, right? And uh, we watched the show, and I'm just watching the show, and, you know, um, it's kind of cool. And then after the show, she's in her dressing room, and, and Tina Yothers from The Facts of Life, or that's the show, right? Uh-huh. Michael Keaton? You're, you're, yeah. Michael Keaton? Yeah, I'm a little older than you. <laughs> so uh, she walks in, I'm like, how cool is this? Here we go. And uh, so on our ride home, George says to me, so what did you, what did you think about the show? I went, you know, it's good. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, I think Tiffany might could use some dancers. You know, Madonna has dancers and blah, blah, blah. And started giving him my breakdown. Mm. This is the story. I don't know anything, right? Mm-hmm. I want to make an impact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he quickly impacted me back down. <laughs> so, you know you what I call spoil? <laughs> you don't know anything. You don't know anything. Shut up. Blah, 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 blah. You're right, so, sir. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I have another. And so, yeah, I, I worked for them for, for a while. And I got to a point where one day I'm like, I, I can't. I can't take this guy anymore. Yeah. So, you know, I, I left and went to work for a company that managed Oingo Boingo. <laughs> so I think I said that correctly. But And that was a very brief thing. And then we then we moved back to Nashville, mm. you know. Well, you learned valuable tools 
from that, from that, you know, and you, you, you embraced the opportunity and you, you may have lucked into it, but you embraced it and you learned some stuff from it and then brought it with you down the road. You know, that's what you do. Yeah. It's a, a good story. Yeah. It's a good story. Good story. You got a lot of good stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I mean, your mother, though, slapping Elvis, that's a little rude. Is that going to, you opened up strong. <laughs> opened up strong. Yeah. 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 No, I'm sorry. I don't mean to talk about your mother that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we've we've been enjoying uh, here talking to Patrick McKee. Uh, you know, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. It's always fun to play a little guitar, hopefully the right chords while you sing. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've always I've I've messed a few up in the past as we spoke about earlier. Um, but yeah, tell us where they can find you again on on social media. Patrick. Yeah, do that, and then we can get into maybe some current stories. Yeah. So yeah. Pat's virtual stage, Pat's VS on Instagram. Is it is it at at Pat's VS? I think so. I think you can find it there at Pat's Virtual Stage. Yeah. So, you know, um, you, you'll see some, you know, a different artist, you know, that, that play around the area. Um, you know, I, I, when I'm out somewhere and I see something, I'll, I'll you know, post, do a posting uh, from my video. I mean, my karaoke shows, I'll make a video real quick. Sometimes go live. Uh, just in short, you know, less than a minute or sometimes close to a minute. But it's always fun to do that, and it's always fun to see the reaction that that they get, the performances. But yeah, you know, it's a the 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 more entertaining, the better. Mm-hmm. So if there's somebody just up there just singing, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll film it if it's really good. But yeah, we have a good time there. That's awesome. Yeah. So I I just figured the sense maybe not everybody's been there, or maybe I don't know, maybe nobody's been to a karaoke or um participated but what give us some like highlights like what's like the best the worst and maybe the most surprising that you've seen i mean not to single anybody out but you can maybe describe well so i've been very fortunate i would knock on wood but you know the sound that would make on this boom boom i don't want to do that but um there it is um so you know, Tony can appreciate this. You don't want anybody to drop your microphone. Mm. They're not made for that, yes. yeah. right? So for a year or so at the Jefferson, I've, I've always had, you know, a lot of control with the microphones. People have been very respectful because these are wireless microphones, and so they're not cheap either. Mm. And um, just nothing. And and I've got the monitor up there, and it's always, you know, no one's ever come close to knocking it down. But there was one particular night and I just happened to go live with Is this it particular in a mic stand, or are they actually? Well, they're they're holding the microphones. Yeah, yeah. And and this one particular video there um, has went. I mean, I got like nine hundred likes across the. I mean, because the way I, the way I posted it, it went everywhere, mm-hmm. and just a lot of funny comments. But this this crew. They dropped the microphone. They knocked over the monitor. They were just <laughs> oh, out of control. Man. And so there's those nights that, that that I mean, that's only happened that one time out of you know almost two years now. Uh, but there are, there are times there are there are times when people will just stand off to the side. They're not really with anybody, um, and they they just you know they eventually come up and say, "Can I can I sing this song?" You know, and and they sing up sign up for a big song. And and I'm not one of those KJs that will go. Really? You want to do that? You want to try to do that? I just go, great, let's go. All right. Um, and some performances, they, they will shock you. Like, whoa, where did this voice come from? And, and, and this is a person, that, again, they're not over the top. They're not this big performer. 
uh, you know, as far as entertaining the crowd, but they sing so when it captivates the audience. You know, you can hear that moment when people get quiet. Mm-hmm. They start watching everything. Those are always fun to to have, you know, happen. And um, But at the end of the day, again, just reiterate that karaoke is about having fun. It's just get up there, have a party. Um, and so, you know, if I... For me now, when I go around, to maybe some other friends, you know, their houses or certainly like a pool party. Hey, did you bring your karaoke equipment? <laughs> did you bring your equipment? I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, not doing that today. But yeah, right. Um, no, it, it's again. I'm I'm enjoying doing it. And I'm glad we're starting up. Uh, you know, or I know we're this is going to be in the future. Well, but anyway, but yeah, you know, doing it. At O'Donnell's. after the Jefferson Close, right? Yeah, because I mean, when the Jefferson closed, a lot of people were like, "That that was a really big shift in the in the downtown Southern Pines yeah, entertainment definitely. that night because it, it fed a lot of other places. Uh, the energy was always great there, mm-hmm. you know. And then they closed down early, and it, and it feeds all the other bars. So it was it was a pretty big shift. And I know that the moment, like the day after it was kind of announced, and people knew that I was not doing karaoke there any longer. Several, I mean, four different business owners have reached out to me and said, hey, 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 what are you going to do? Because they know they've all been to that Thursday night and they saw how how energizing and how big it was every night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we we, uh, we grew it. And, and again, I got to say, I got to thank Chelsea for giving me the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it all started off with they were going to start karaoke after the pandemic, you know, the year later. And there was no karaoke, nothing in town. And she was going to start it off. And I went to the first two that she had. And, you know, he was trying. But I'm like, Chelsea, th- this guy, you know, and, and he's 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 no, no Spencer. And, you know, rest in peace. Mm. Um, and, you know, he, he passed away during the pandemic. Not from COVID. But so i like, this guy's not Spencer. And if you're going to do it, you got to have somebody that knows what they're doing. This is yeah. – <laughs> You got to have somebody who knows what they're doing. Oh, by the way, Chelsea, I've got the equipment to do it. I've never done it before. <laughs> so, and she's like, "Well, let's go, let's do it." And um, it was just a lot of fun right out of the gate for me because, you know, as I talk about restaurant business, I was the GM, the maitre D at these big restaurants, and so entertaining, you know, walking around the room, touching people, getting people involved, and all that it was just kind of natural to me. So it it, it gave me that. Um, you know, that accomplishment that, you know, going around and getting people having a good time, making sure you're creating the right energy. Mm-hmm. And so it was just an extension of my restaurant hospitality career. And it's been a lot of fun to do that, you know. That's a good and we, point. And, and, we, and we grew it to, you know, to be in this great Thursday night thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. You know, everything you do in life can lead to other opportunities. And if you embrace them and try, you know, um, my music career if you want to say that uh you know being in the restaurant business very similar it's sociable you have to it's relationships it's being able to talk to people that you don't know like you literally never met and yeah and that's a good skill to to learn and i wasn't always good at it but as you develop and you do whatever you do you get used to it in certain things and and so that helped me get my foot in the door in real estate when i had my my daughter you know i knew i needed to do something else that paid a lot better than, than that i mean you know, so I I got into real estate not knowing anything, passed the test, and then really what what helped me get my success started was the network I already had. You know, being able to talk to people, it's all personable. You know, and that helps you in anything in life, any kind of business, anything you do. So it's really uh, you learned that through the years, and it's only progressed now to a different outlet. You know, and it helps you, and so now you're even more rounded, and you can do more diverse things. And people think, man, 
you know, Patrick does all these things. That's really great. I mean, man, I wish I could do that. Well, you just try different things and you learn, you keep using your authenticness and what you've learned uh, in different things. That's how I started this. Now, after five years in real estate, I was like, I got the opportunity from Frank. I think, uh, <clears throat> was it Amanda Jackal maybe that asked me to come maybe uh, play on it? Was on Erica. A, it was Erica, okay. Yeah. Uh, to play, like, hey, why don't you come play a song, you know, on, on one of the podcasts that they're doing? And she introduced me to you, and I was like, hey, and just like kind of Pat did, like, uh, you know, hey, I've always kind of wanted secretly to be a, on a podcast or a radio show, and and can I try? Yeah. <laughs> and no, Patrick, no. and uh, <clears throat> Frank was like, well, sure. Yeah, yeah we need all this content. We need more, 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 more. So the first one was like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? You know, and, I, and I'm still terrible at it, but I try. You know, and I'm yeah. not afraid to try. And I that's started my own radio show last week because finally I was like, there you go. Well, you know, if I'm going to ask other people to do like a a real radio show with music and you know talking in between what I call a real radio show, you know, because this is on the radio as well, and this is kind of like a real radio show but we don't what i don't to say frank i'm saying there's no there's a own there's your intro and outro song but mm. you know it's not like i there's no music yeah. it's not a music radio show i don't know what i'm how i'm trying to say it but yeah. you know um and i was uh i don't know where i'm going with this i gave you but the confidence ner- to try your own i was now. nervous yeah. even then you know i've been doing this now for you know, uh, over a year, essentially. I mean, we've been, I mean, that's how it tells you how long it's really taken to get up. Because you and I started doing this, what, in June? June lie? Was it? Really? I don't know. I, can't, I don't know. It's been so long. We should have asked. I feel like we've known each other our whole life. I know. Right? We should have asked Ricky, like, when was yeah. that that he sent you the <laughs> intro? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true, yeah. Well, um, um, but, you know, so... Uh, yeah, again, I don't know where I was going. Get out and try things and, uh, you know, don't pretend like you're going to be an NBA star the first time you start something and, uh, you know, follow follow your dreams when you're in your 20s. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not that's when it. you're – well, not, uh, that's that's me. I wouldn't say that because I mean, you're sort of following – you're realistically following your dreams at this point. I mean, yeah. at least on the well, side, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, I think starting mm-hmm. something – learning, starting to learn <clears> – <throat> I think I was uh, really getting back to your point is that when you want to start something, just ask somebody for help. That's kind of what started my whole uh, ramble on my radio show. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just ask somebody for help. People are out there, you know, like you, Pat and you, Tony, you know, anybody I imagine that would come to you. And I always want to help people do you know i've got some people who've approached me about doing podcasts not here and yeah i want to help them you know i want to get more the more people the the bigger the network the more people who can talk to each other and learn from each other the better everybody is for it i think Mm -hmm. and i mean i think in the world in general and that's why you know education is such a great thing even you know as expensive as (laughs) Mm -hmm. synergy you know I have a daughter at App State right now. Oh yeah, speaking awesome. of education, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't graduate, but well, <laughs> but I, I was. But there for you four learned, years. yeah. But you learned. I froze for four years. I love. She it. will be graduating. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to this. Right? Yeah. No. Always graduate, yeah. kids. Yeah. 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 That was or just, else you'll end up like I Tony. Am, I am not successful. I. I <laughs> if you graduate, you understand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to influence anybody else to be. Well, you, you did this. Well, well, it was a long road. Okay, I, I'm still in debt, but yeah, been in debt a for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, from doing it, I took the long way 
way around, you know. Yeah. So yes, always graduate, kids. Always graduate. Yeah. Always graduate. Work hard. Yeah. So I know. Uh, Wanted to say thanks again to Patrick McKee. We appreciate it. Um, we do. I guess we, we like to we like to ramble on, and that's okay. Um, but you know, we appreciate you being here. And yeah. Any, yeah. any final thoughts? Uh, no, I've got nothing. I nothing. got nothing. Okay. No, no. You laid it out on the table. Yeah, no, I put I, you on the spot. They will, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, will. I appreciate the opportunity, and you know, to do this, it's been a lot of fun, and and certainly look forward to maybe the next time or. You can do maybe a live karaoke thing sometime. I don't know. Yeah. We're spitballing here. There we go. See? You know, never, never know. Never can. You can't steal Frank from me. Okay. Is that no, what no, you're no. trying to do right now? No, I am not. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I've made, I've made this uh, first step into doing that. Um, Mary's been coming in for a while and doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've been doing a 30-minute discussion for Wednesdays on the radio and put it out as a podcast. But last week, she started her um sopine sessions back up at the sunrise yeah so i recorded that so that'll be on today's a wednesday for those who awesome. want to peek behind the curtains and that'll be on the radio today at four um it was with cliff stallings last week um so live and we're going to start recording hers live and putting them on so it'll be a full hour of sopine scene stuff four to five on the radio awesome nice. And now with the cover songs, you talking about singing like the, the doing the karaoke live. So Do you have I, to get the? I am still trying to figure out how to deal with live cover song recordings, mm-hmm. as far as the radio royalties go. And yeah. I don't know, maybe you know a little bit about that. I do not. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. I, I'm really. I'm really unsure. I need to reach out to somebody who's a radio jockey and be like, "What do I do?" If you're broadcasting. Um, or performing for profit. I mean, you've. I think I don't know. It might be the step where you cr- contact BMI or ASCAP or well, one I of those. Use a, I use an yeah. intermediary called Sound Exchange, which mm-hmm. a lot of radio stations use, and they uh, m- they manage the the actual distribution of the royalty payment to ASCAP and BMI and CSEC. Yeah. Um, and I just pay them a flat rate for all the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I don't know. Because I give them the the metadata tag that says this song or this track title, this artist was played to this many listeners over the last month, and then they say, "All right, well that's six bucks or however many you know it comes out to," and you know that might give a, a yeah. peek into how many listeners we have <laughs> at this point. But um, and then they millions, distribute it, right? Millions. So I don't know if it's like. Oh, this is um, you know so and so cover by whoever you know. I don't know if they could say because they're not gonna. You're not in BMI, no. as a, you know. So I don't know how that works. Well, but no, the, but where where these shows are, they're they're part of BMI. You know, they have that that license, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they have right. to have it. Yeah, BMI will come and. They, it was years ago that when I was playing, they, right, were, they, they were have, coming hard for Yeah, they for have bars. live performance licenses. Right. Right. But I don't know if if I record it and play it, if that falls under their license or does it fall under mine? Great question. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But originals, there's, you know, freedom there. So, because I can still label it right, you know, by the actual artist. Yeah. And that's that's easy because that that's just a regular royalty in my mind. Yeah, great exposure. Yeah, well, definitely we'll work on that. We need need some 
some a, a live karaoke on the pilot radio would be pretty pretty awesome. I well, think. my mm. I'm working towards making the Wednesdays the day that is lo- local music. You know, maybe maybe regional, but you know, getting as many local artists recordings to play on Wednesday as I can. <clears throat> awesome. Well, yeah, I mean. We, we I, with a few other musicians, we talked about we have access to a studio in Raleigh, I think, uh, and we've actually talked about going up there, recording some original material, and just put something out called you know more music or whatever Sandhill music oh, yeah. or whatever, right? And, and that'd be a lot of fun to you know put a project together like that and yeah, put it yeah. out and and if we want to tie it to you know some type of charity uh, and any money that's raised for it back to charity I'll, i think I'll that'd be, be happy great. to do mm-hmm. like a an hour an hour a couple hours one if we can work that out if you got and there's a studio out in um seven west end there's a studio Is out it? in west yeah. end now he opened it up what two years ago well we're trying to build it that's for sure i appreciate frank giving me the opportunity to put a microphone up here and Talk well, nonsense to really awesome people. Well, sultry nonsense. Sultry. Yeah. Here's both your of you words. Both of you guys with your voices. Hey now. Well, I guess uh, this is the point where we don't know what to do with our hands or our voices. Um, or, or should we I, end it, probably? I mean, I guess we could. <laughs> anyway, Patrick McKee. No, Patrick McKee here. Everybody's trying. Don't push that. Oh, yeah, do. Do push that button. I created this right here. Pat. Yeah, one, one, one time. One more. Full. Okay. Oh, do it again. <laughs> I created oh, that. That was me. That was you. Yeah, that was me, Patrick. Frustration. Propri- yes. Proprietary flashlights. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Well, thank you, Patrick McKee, for being here. We'll edit some of that out. I promise. Uh, don't, yeah, don't be yeah, too yeah. embarrassed. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we'll keep some of it in there. You know, I mean, at the expense of a, a little too. Yeah, a little too. A lot too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Frank Daniels, executive producer. Uh, this is more or less with Tony Barnes and Patrick McKee was our guest today. Thank you so much. Check out karaoke at uh, Pat's virtual stage online and uh, and you know follow him and see where he's going to be at. And I'm providing some fantastic tunes for uh, for your enjoyment and entertainment. Entertainment. Drum, Drum and Quill on Wednesdays. O'Donnell's on Thursdays. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Go check them out and support those local <clears throat> venues as well. And uh, we'll see you. What do we say? Well, bye, buddy. Bye, buddy. Bye. Mm-hmm.